Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The following program is brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio. Begin to be poured out upon all men. <laughs> this is that spoken by the prophet Joel. This is that spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. Tell it like it is radio show. Good to have you with us tonight. You are listening to a live broadcast, June fifth, twenty twenty two. And if you're if it's not June fifth, twenty twenty two, then it's a podcast that you're listening to a bunch of old news. Now, anywhere you want to listen, anywhere you listen to podcasts, you can find us. I guess 
You just put in there Pastor Bob Simons, and somehow, magically, it will show up. Now, if you're just tuning in for the first time, I'm the pastor of the New Life Pentecostal Church, 105 Elks Drive, or 501 Elks Drive. Whoa, my dyslexic. Our old church address was 105. 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. And we have church services Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock, Wednesdays at 7.30. We also have a church in Bowman that has services on Wednesday nights at 7.30 and Sunday mornings at 10.30. That's on 18 North Main. In fact, some ladies from that Bowman church are listening. We've got Marin and Yvonne listening tonight from Bowman. Good to have them with us. Uh, We also have a church in Beach, North Dakota, which currently just has services Tuesday nights at 7.30 at the Beach Community uh, Center. Um, We have... um, my wife's texting me. She said, can you send me Sister Duffy's number? I can't because I'm on live radio. I can't do that. But anyway, anyway, uh, in, the, in the studio with me tonight, uh, oh, by the way, I, I did say this, but I'm going to say it again. Text me, 701-290-7862. You can be part of the program. you got questions. Uh, if you don't like something we said, just be nice about it, and you can text that too. I get those sometimes, and uh, but most of the time people are really respectful and so on. And I appreciate that. We have in the studio with us tonight an evangelist that has been with us for about a week. He spoke at our church. He spoke at our beach church. He spoke at a men's retreat that we've had. And in beach on Tuesday night, he spoke on a topic. And I told him that I would like him to do a whole radio broadcast on this topic. This evangelist's name is Timothy Duffy. And he is with us in this. Brother Duffy, I'm so glad to have you. And welcome to the Tell It Like It Is show, and just go ahead and start talking. All right, thank you, brother. Tonight, I'd like for us to turn our attention, if you happen to have a Bible nearby, grab it up, or your iPad, or whatever you have, and let's take a look into Luke, the book of Luke, chapter 6, and starting at verse 46. This is Jesus talking, and he, he makes a powerful statement. He says, Why call ye me Lord, Lord? And do not the things which I say. So he's asking the question, you're calling me Lord. You're saying, well, he's my Lord, which really is the idea behind that's master. You're my master. You're my master. That's what we say about Jesus. He's saying, now, why are you calling me the master, but you don't do what I say? And then he says, whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I I will show you whom he is like. So then he tells a nice little parable. He said he's like a man. He builds a house. He digs deep, laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood rose and the stream beat vehemently upon the house, and it could not shake it, for it was founded upon a rock. But he that heareth and doeth not is like a man that without a foundation built a house upon the earth against which the stream did beat vehemently, and immediately it fell, and the ruin of the house was great. This this story that Jesus tells is about two different individuals, two different individuals that actually have the same events. The very first thing you have to notice is both men, both individuals, actually hear. The next thing is they build their house. One builds a house on a 
rock. He digs down and gets a good foundation for his house. We could even say he gets a good foundation for his life. That's really the idea here. The other guy just builds it without getting it on a good foundation. So when the storm comes, the one that's built on a foundation stands, the one that is not breaks down. So really, what's the point? The point is, build your life on the foundation, but we have to define. Now carefully look at these verses, because we really have to figure out what is the foundation? What is this rock? Well, both of them heard, so it's not hearing. Hearing hearing God's word is not the foundation. So what is it? That's right. It's obeying. When you obey Jesus Christ, when you obey his word, that's when you're built on the foundation. You know, there's something that a lot of people uh, maybe just don't grasp. If you listen to the power of God, if you hear the Spirit, if you hear God's Spirit speaking to you, if you hear the preacher preaching to you, and you know that, that that is of God, if God speaks to your life, into your life, you know very well that if you will obey it, then your life will be on a foundation. And here's the thing that needs to be said. There is nothing that the adversary of our soul can do to a person who obeys Jesus Christ. Anybody who is living in obedience. Notice I said living in. Like you can obey on Sunday and then not obey on Monday. And, two, and then say, okay, I could go back to the church building and then I'm going to get my life right. I'm going to obey. But then you get back into your life on Monday and you just go right back to your old habits. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a continual serving of God, a continual walking with God. So if a life is going to be built on a a firm foundation, it's going to have to be through obedience. Now, if you have your that same Bible, let's go to the book of James. And for just, just a few moments, I want to take a look at in the book of James chapter 1 and go down to verse 21. So this is James chapter 1 and verse 21. James writes, he says, Lay apart all filthiness and superfluity, which means excessive. Superfluity of naughtiness, which just means excessive. And receive with meekness the engrafted word. That's God's word, which is able to save your souls. Once again, I can't stress this enough. If you, if you hear the word of God and you adhere to it, if you obey it, you will not be defeated. Your, your life will not be destroyed. It is impossible to be destroyed by any force if you trust in Jesus and obey him. So he said, the engrafted word, the word that goes in, becomes a part of you, it's able to save your souls. Next verse 22, he said, be ye doers of the word and not hearers only. All right, wait wait a minute here, check this out, this next few words. So let's read it again. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Here we go. Deceiving your own selves. That's self-deception. For if any be a hearer, I hear God's word, but I'm not going to do it. He is like a man beholding his natural face in a glass. So what's a glass? This is talking about a mirror. You ever get up in the morning and take a look in the mirror? Most people do. Well, what I see sometimes when I look in the in the mirror in the morning, I go, well, my hair, you know, it looks like I got a big smash to one side. And I look at my face I'm like, man, I need to shave. And 
I need to get a washcloth into my eyes. And But you know what? If I looked at that, I identified all the things that were wrong, and then if I turned away and walked away without doing anything about it and went to my job, the people would go, hey, uh, by the way, Duffy, uh, did you... Uh, did you happen to look in the mirror this morning when you got up? Well, yes, I did. I did look in the mirror. Well, why didn't you do anything about what you saw? You see, and that's what that's what uh, James is trying to say. When God speaks to you, it's like a mirror. It gives revelation to what's wrong with you and the corrections that need to be made. So what are you going to do? Here's what we all have to do. We all have to humble ourselves, me, you. It doesn't matter who we are, and say, God, when you show me what's wrong, I will correct it. I'll get it straight. Otherwise, if we go to work and we haven't looked and we haven't dealt with what we saw in the mirror, people are going to say, well, that guy must be self-deceived. He is deceiving himself because he knows, but yet he won't do anything about it. This is a good spot right here just for us to just to take a pause and to think. Is there anything that God has dealt with you about? Is there something right now that God is speaking to you about? And you feel like, oh, God, I need to make some changes in my life. I need to change this or that. Well, I'll tell you what. Now's a good time to do it. It doesn't matter if you're just listening to a broadcast. You right now where you're at can say, okay, God, I'm going to take a little break right here. And I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to make these changes in my life. I see the problems. I see the errors of my way. And so this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to make a change. You're listening to uh, the Tell It Like It Is show, and this is Evangelist Timothy Duffy with us, and he's talking about the concept of, uh, you know, we can we can talk about, we can promise, we can um, even some of the concepts of uh, the danger of an altar call we might talk about tonight. You can text me, 701-290-7862, as some of you are. We've got Grace from North Carolina listening tonight. We have Lori from South Hart. We've got... Uh, Brother Griffith from the uh, Great Falls, Montana. We've got Abe and Sierra, Cassidy and Oren listening tonight. We're going to come right back to, to Brother Duffy right after this song.
somebody out there driving around hey you what you waiting for get on the bus pastor bob tell it like it is radio show this is a live broadcast june 5th 2022 text me 701-290-7862 if you're out of if you're out of the united states email me robert simons 58 at gmail.com we we didn't do a lot of introducing of himself but i have the evangelist tim duffy with us in the studio he's it really is a perfect um, message for the Tell It Like It Is show. You know, just you can't just hear the word; you got to do it. Go ahead, brother Duffy. Keep talking. Let's go back to James chapter one and verse twenty-one again, where we were before the song. Let's just start reading it again. James chapter one, verse twenty-one. Wherefore lay apart all filthiness and superfluity of naughtiness, which means excessive, and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your soul. The salvation, our salvation comes when we hear the word of God and apply it to our life, which means we do it. He says, James says in the next verse, but be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is likened to a man beholding his natural face in a glass. He beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgetteth what manner of man he was. But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty, and, all right, let's catch this word here, it's important, and continueth therein. He being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this man shall be blessed in his deeds. I've often uh, wondered, and in speaking to people before, I've, I've asked the question, do you have dead faith? I've asked that question. Sometimes people don't know what that means exactly. But what is dead faith? Dead faith is when God speaks to you, you feel inspired, you in your mind begin to contemplate your future actions. But you have to realize that does not define us. That is not the defining factor on who we really are. Because anybody can sit around, hear God speak to them. You can go to a church service, to a conference. You can listen to a broadcast, and you feel inspired. You go, wow, God, I, you know what, Lord? I've got to do this. Man, I, you know, next week I'm going to make some changes. Lord, you know, I, I've got to make a call. You know, I've got I've to do something different in, in some of my relationships. You can sit there, and you can ponder in your mind, for minutes and hours, but that's not the definition of who you are. 
the definition of who you are is not what you think about doing in the future. What is the definition of a man? A definition of a man is what is he doing right now? It's like times that I've uh, talked to people and, and they've said, well, do you know what I believe? I said, yes, I do know what you believe. They said, well, how do you know? I said, I'm just watching what you do. If you watch what I do, you'll know what I believe. Because that's who I am. It's what I'm doing. So this is an important concept. Because we can sometimes walk into a church. How many, how many of you go to a church? How many of you go to a church on Sunday? Or you maybe you go to a midweek service. And when you go in and you hear your pastor or you hear a speaker preaching from the Word of God. And you may even shout, Amen. Or you're singing a chorus or you're singing a song. And you say, oh, amen. Or you stand to your feet with joy and you say, yes. But be careful now. Come on, let's be careful. That is not really the definition of who we are. You can, you can sit and agree. You can sit and say amen to a preacher. But what is it that really defines me? What is it that really defines you? It's what we do with what we heard. How did we apply that word of God? That inspiration from that song, what did we really do with it? You know, there's a song that's been sung in many uh, churches, and it's I Surrender All. All to Jesus, I Surrender. I Surrender All. Maybe you remember that song. You remember it? I surrender all, all to Thee, my blessed Savior. I surrender all. People just sing it. But don't be fooled. Just because you're singing a song doesn't define who you are. What defines us is after we leave that service and we go back into our car, we go back into our house, we go back shopping, and we go back to work. How do we live with with those in those times did we take the word of god that we got that we received and have we applied it and put it into our behavior what a what a important concept to get into our spirits and in our minds let's just let's just warn let's just bring a warning let's i'm going to warn myself and i'm going to warn you this cannot be the definition of what the church is just going into a building and spending a few hours a week and saying what we believe and singing what we believe and then we leave and then that's it. Because that's really what's defining us. What's defining us is how we're living when we're not in the building. As we deal with people, as we talk to people, people that work with us, they know what's going on with us because they, they watch how we act, they watch how we talk. So how are you going to be a light to the world? The best way to be a light to the world is to be obedient to Jesus Christ. How is it to keep your life from crumbling? Because everybody's going to get a storm. Let me tell you again, everybody's going to get a storm. Everybody. But what you build on is going to determine whether you stand or not. I'm really, I'm really concerned tonight that there may be somebody listening. Maybe this is, you'll hear this later on as a podcast and your life is getting hit right now, and you're saying, wait a minute, uh, this is not fair. Well, I'm going to encourage you to turn, take this warning, that it, you have to build your life on 
obedience to Jesus Christ because everybody's going to get a storm. I've had them, you've had them. But I'm standing today, not because I'm so smart. I'm standing today because when God speaks, I'm saying what? Yes, Lord. Have I been rebellious in these times along the line? Yes, but thank God for his mercy. But I'm saying I can't stay rebellious. If you stay rebellious, then life is going to disintegrate. Get yourself back on the rock, which means start obeying Jesus Christ again. Get this thing settled in your life right now. Now, I want to go back and talk about one of those words. It says in verse 25, But whoso looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein. This cannot be like a dotted line. You know, dot, 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 dot. Where you're just like, I'm on and I'm off. I'm on and I'm off. I'm on, I'm off. That's not what God is asking us to do. He's saying, once I speak to you, once I put it in your life, the word, then you take it and you live by it and you continue in it. Do you realize the power of consistency? The power of consistency, even in natural things, the power of consistency. Hey, Have you got your garden going yet? Have you started your garden? Some of you probably have thought about planting some stuff now. Okay, if you go out and you plant a garden, okay, you tilled, you tilled your ground up, you got it all broken up, you got your big rake out, you got everything broken down. Now you go out, you make your holes, you make your little uh, valleys to put your seeds in, then you cover them up, press them down, and then you wait, and up pops the vegetables, up pops your plants, your flowers. Here they come, see them? But wait a minute, I didn't plant that. Wait a minute. What Now, wait a minute. Is that a radish or not? I don't know. So sometimes you just have to let it go. Okay, that's not. So after a couple of days, you start pulling it out. But you, when you have a garden, a garden is not just about planting. A garden is about maintenance. It is. It's as much about maintenance as it probably more about maintenance than it is about the actual planting and the harvesting. Of course, the harvesting is rapid. You, you guys know that. You know, you go out and all the tomatoes are red. <laughs> you go out and everything is ready, all the corn. So you're pulling the corn off and you're pulling the tomatoes off. And you have so much that you start taking it to church and you say, hey, do you want some tomatoes? I've got too many. Because, yeah, in zucchini, yeah. Think about the amount of zucchini I've gotten over the years from people's gardens. They said, I found this one. It's four foot long. No, just kidding. But you know you know how it is. But folks, if you start out with the planting process and then you ignore the rest, you see there has to be a consistency about life, a consistency about when God speaks to you. When God plants a word in you, then you have to be diligent to fuss over it. It's okay to use that word fuss over it. I'd much rather have that than just say, well, it doesn't matter. It's time. It's time that we start fussing over the word of God that's been planted in our spirits. We need to start saying, okay, God, you know what? I'm going to be very concerned that this germinates and this grows and that I'm going to remove all the other junk. So the word continues therein means that there's a consistent lifestyle of I'm going to maintain the word of God in my life. I wonder how many people are sitting in churches today that are sitting on a pew or sitting on a chair 
that God inspired you 10 years ago. He inspired you two years ago. And you are still sitting on the Word of God and have never moved. You've never done anything with it. And God spoke to you. And you know for sure that God called you to do something or he motiv- He tries to motivate you, and yet here you are just sitting on it. I want to encourage you. I mean, I could blast you, but that's not going to do you any good right now. What you need is a word of encouragement and a wake-up call. Just get a... I just feel like there are many people sitting in churches that they would just get a hold of themselves and say, God, what did you say to me last week? What did you say to me at two years ago? I've been sitting on this. God, you really worked over me. I mean, I spent... You may have said, I spent two or three weeks and you dealing with me, God. But then I just let it go away. I just let it fall down. I just let it pass. And God is saying, please implement what I've asked you to do. Do you realize that some of the things that God asks us to do are small little things that make a big impact? Sometimes he says, I would like for you to just rearrange your morning so that that I could spend time with you. In in other words, what I'm saying is you could just meditate on God. Meditate on the scripture, say, for example, instead of diving right into Facebook or you know, diving right into the radio broadcast that you always like to listen to. Why don't you just you know, sometimes the Holy Ghost can just say, Okay, can you give me just a little time when you first get up? Can you please? Get your cup of coffee and sit down and don't have anything on. I'm not saying that God said this to everybody, but maybe he did you. Maybe he's got some little things that he's asking of you. Why? Because he wants to have a con- he wants you to have a consistent walk. So, if you really take a look at this idea of continuing therein, let's look at it again. Whosoever looketh into the perfect law of liberty and continueth therein, he being not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, look at this next word, doer of the Here's the key word, work. Work. So what is work? Work means you're doing what you're told. This man shall be blessed in his deeds. I wonder how much blessing God would pour out on people if they would just surrender and say, okay, God, I'm going to do this. You know, you may be a person that have listened to this broadcast maybe for years. And maybe you have said every week, as you listen to Pastor Bob, you've listened to him and you've said, you know what, he's right. You know what, he's right. And you may have had tears in your eyes. You may have felt the effects emotionally for an hour or two, but then you always let it go. And next week you're listening again. You're feeling the same thing. There's the same surge as the word of God goes toward you. And you say, oh, there it is again. I need to. You know, why don't you just make this the day? Seriously. You know who you are. You know who I'm talking to. Make this the day where you're going to say, okay, Lord, I am not going to just look in the mirror and see that there's something that needs to be done and walk away as a forgetful here. I'm ready to do something. I really believe, even right now, you may not have the baptism of the Holy Ghost, but you've heard Pastor Bob talk about it for weeks, if not months. Why don't you receive the Holy Ghost tonight right where you're at? Why not? Why not? Why not just say, God, I'm ready. Just fill me right now with your spirit. 
And then you contact us. Contact us here and say, God filled me with the Holy Ghost. I need to be baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And help me attach myself to a local body of believers. Come on. It, nothing is going to destroy you when you come to Jesus. That's Jesus is not a destroyer of lives. It's the devil that's a destroyer of lives. What we need right now is somebody just to say, yes, Lord, I will do what you ask me to do. I've, I've seen it. So let me, re, let me repeat myself. Maybe for weeks you've heard this over and over again. Why don't we make this the night? Why don't we make this the day? Why don't we make this the day when you say, okay, Lord, I'm going to give you my life 100%, and from this day forward, I'm going to walk with you and do your will. You're listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show, and we've got the evangelist Tim Duffy here. Uh, you know, this is, you know, just going ahead and doing it uh, while you were talking, and one of the things that made me think of is a lot of people that want to lose weight, you know, they, they listen to the different programs that are out there. They talk about it. They they, they really, I mean, they, they do all kinds of things, but they don't, still don't lose any weight. Yeah, even exercise equipment, right? Right. Yeah, they buy all that stuff. <laughs> And it's because they won't, not only won't they do it, but they won't continue. They, you know, just like you were saying. And, um, it's to me so interesting. Um, over the years, you know, I've listened to the radio when I'm at work or driving and there'll be different ads on there talking about it's so easy to just take this pill and you'll lose weight. There was one that was called Fat Whacker that I really got such a kick, you know, and at the end of the, at the very end of the advertisement, it would say, be careful that you don't lose too much. And, uh, and I just, laughed and laughed because we all know that to lose weight you would have to exercise and eat less i mean we we know that and if you're going to get anywhere with god it's the very same thing i mean this you know we're not trying to get ourselves out of a job here but um we're we're trying to i mean in other words we're not saying don't listen to us you know that that's not the point but um i'm I'm looking i'm talking and i'm looking for something now there, there we go the but the point is so so, so listen and obey. Listen and do it. You know, hear, you hear the word, you do the word. We're going to come back in just a little bit for some more of this. Uh, you're listening to the Tell It Like It Is Radio. They told me I had to accept the Lord. He would be my personal Savior. By faith, He'd come into my heart. But I couldn't really know for sure And I remember that Bible study To teach me about the Trinity They said it was beyond my reach In fact, it was an unexplainable mystery I think I got more than they told me about I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. They said that slowly I would grow. Gradually I would reduce my sinning. Nobody's perfect. They said nervously, even if there's no change, you're still winning. 
and the religion professor at the university said the day of miracles had ended. Things were different now, not so spectacular. That emotional stuff had been transcended. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. Thank God there's more than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I'm glad there's more to get than what they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. I think I got more than they told me about. Well, I got more than what they told me about. Pastor Bob here, out of breath. Whew, I should go on that fat whacker. Is that? Is it really that easy? Is it that really that easy to be to live successfully for God? I think it really is. I, you know, uh, I'm going to turn this over to to evangelist Tim Duffy here in a second. But I had an office that was a disaster at my house, and my wife was very embarrassed about it. And I kept telling her the the next blizzard, I'll clean it out. Well, we had two of them this year. And I got after it. And when you just do what you know to do, there is such a feeling of reward. And I really do believe that a lot of people are so frustrated spiritually and they're frustrating everybody else because they know what to do. Even this broadcast, as simple as it is, you know what to do. You just need somebody to push you over the edge and get you to do it. Go ahead, uh, Brother Duffy, and just keep on talking. James chapter 2 and verse 14. So if you happen to have access to a Bible, whether it be electronic or the old style of printed pages. Let's turn there together. James chapter 2 and verse number 14. James writes this, he goes, What doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? Or you could say, could that kind of faith save him? What kind? The kind of faith that you just say. I believe. Or you just say, Amen. I've often thought about that. I said it earlier in the broadcast that, you know, you can go to a church building and a preacher can be preaching and you can go, Amen. And it's almost like you feel that you're fulfilled because you said the word Amen, which means so be it. Well, what does so be it mean? That means now I got to live it. So it's easy. You got to realize how easy it is just to say. And that's what James is saying, he said, what's the profit if a person just say he has faith and he doesn't have works, which means there's no follow through with action. Can that kind of faith save him? So he gives a gives an example. If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food and one of you say unto them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, notwithstanding ye give them not those things which are needful for the body, what doth it profit? In other words, if somebody is naked and they're starving to death, what good is it to just to say, hey, I hope you're, not, not hope, say, 
be warmed and filled. In other words, be clothed and filled. It doesn't do anything just to say it. That's the whole point that James is trying to make. That does not define... You know, you can say, well, I I believe that people ought to have clothes and I believe that people ought to be filled if they're hungry. I mean, you could walk around with a sign. You could have a radio broadcast. You could write a book. You could fly a plane around town with the message on it, but you never do it. And you think that that actually defines you. You could, you know, there are people that go into a building and they say amen and they sing a song and they think, well, this defines me. I mean, what a relief to hear a preacher preach and you are able to stand up and say amen. And God's going, now wait a minute. That doesn't define you. What defines you is, are you willing to do what was said? Are you willing? That goes for me too. I mean, I could stand, I could go from church to church and preach and preach and preach and never abide by what's being preached. What a fool. That's not what defines me. What I'm preaching over the air right now is not really what defines me. It's you got to know who I am and live with me for a while and see what I'm doing and say, that's Duffy. Now, that's who he really is because I've watched him for Monday. I watched him Tuesday. I've watched him for a day. Same with you, right? Same with you. Exactly the same. If I'm watching you, I'm going to know exactly what you are by what you do. By what you do. So let's look at it again. So he said, don't just say, depart in peace and be warmed and filled, and you don't give them what's needful for the body. So what is that going to profit them? It doesn't profit a thing. Then 17, even so faith, faith, if it hath not works, is dead being alone. I think this would be a, a good point for us to just kind of slow down and think about something. What is the actual, when you look at the word faith in the Bible, F-A-I-T-H, faith, what, what do you think when you actually see the word faith in the Bible? What do you think? So the word faith, if you look at, if you just study the word, it means to be persuaded. So that begs for something else, doesn't it? You, people just aren't persuaded out of the, out of the, out of the blue. You're persuaded because something is said to you. So when the word comes, you're persuaded. You can be persuaded by a salesman. Many people are persuaded by a salesman. They had no intention. I mean, I went there. I did. I went there with no intention of buying those kitchen knives. But I went to the the show, the home show, and I walked by and I'm watching a guy cut, cut tomatoes, and the next thing you know, I want that knife. Why? Because he persuaded me. So that's faith, his word, his presentation, and I was persuaded, and I said, oh, I want one of those. So faith really is when you hear, you're persuaded to do what? To act. You ever notice what a salesman always does? They always say, ask for the sale. Because in other words, I mean, you can spend all day just selling, and but somebody's got to reach for their wallet. Somebody's got to reach for their purse. Somebody's got to get the pen and the checkbook. Somebody's got to get the credit card out. There has to be some action. So this is really what we're talking about tonight. You can't say I'm defined by my agreement on a subject. But you can define me by what I do with the subject matter. That's the key. So he said, faith, if it hath not works, is dead 
being alone. So it is possible to have dead faith. You can say, well, yeah, God inspired me. God talked to me. God's trying to help me do something, but what have I done with it? Okay, let's read on. He said in verse number 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works. James says, I will show thee my faith, my persuasion, by my works. Now, if you've ever read the 11th chapter 11th chapter of Hebrews, you'll notice that, that people that are familiar with the 11th chapter of Hebrews, they'll call it the faith chapter. And oftentimes, I will say to help people just think a little bit, is let's redefine Hebrews 11 and not call it the faith chapter. Let's call it the obedience chapter. Because as you look down through all of the stories that are told about these people of faith, it always says this person by faith, and then it always gives an action verb. Like there was action that was taken. If you look at the book of Hebrews uh, chapter 11, everything about the what we call the faith chapter is really an action chapter. It's people doing things. You know, you really can't stress this enough. In an age, in an age where everything is pumped to you, like you can sit down, you can put earphones on, you can listen to gospel music for hours. You could put on broadcast, you could watch programming, and you know what? You can sit and never lift a finger and still say, yep, that's what I believe. Yep, that's what I believe. Man, that guy's right. That guy's right. Now we got to say, okay, how right is he? Is he right enough for us to put this to practice? Is God when he speaks to us, are we able to put this into practice, which is really obedience. Verse number 19. He said, Thou believest that there is one God. James said, Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. Next verse. But will thou know, O vain man? Vain means worthless. means nothing. What? That faith without works is dead? He's just repeating himself. Then he gives a couple of examples. Let's spend a little time on these examples. He said, Was not Abraham our father justified by works? Abraham. When he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar, seest thou how faith wrought with his works? And by faith, I'm sorry, and by works was faith made perfect? What does that mean? Perfect. Faith was made perfect. Faith was made perfect because he actually obeyed, followed through, and completed it. That's what the word perfect there means. He completed his faith. How much incomplete faith is sitting on church pews? I'll go back to that. I I mentioned that a little bit earlier in the broadcast. How many people are just sitting on something that God spoke to them about? How about if Abraham would have just said, okay, God, I hear you. I hear what you're saying. Yep, this is something that needs to be done, but he never made a move. But that's not Abraham's story. You know what defined Abraham? It wasn't his agreement. It was his action. So here's what Abraham did. God told him to take his son and to sacrifice his son to take his son's life. So it's a three-day journey to the place where he was going to go and do this. So three days, he continued to do it. Never turned around. Bible never indicates 
that he turned around to go back, but he continued on this process of getting to the mountain. When he got his son there, he went through all of the ritual to get the altar prepared, to get his to get his son bound and put on the altar, and right when he was ready to take his son's life, right at that moment, at the last moment, God says, stop. Interesting, if you look at the scripture, when God said, stop, Abraham, he said these words. Now I know. Now, wait a minute. You know what that means? That means that God gave commandment to Abraham and then he observed him. He watched him. He had his eye on him because we know that he he was watching every move that he made because he stopped him at the last instant. He said, now I know. He said, now I know. Why? Why does God know? Because he has to watch what you do with what he said. The same as with us. How about you? Have you really thought about that? That as God speaks to you, he's also watching you after he spoke to you? That's It's kind of haunting in some respects if we have heard God and decided not to obey. It's kind of a haunting thing to think he's still watching. Can you imagine God speaking to you and asking something of you? Say, please, will you do this? And you don't, but he's watching. What's he watching for? He's watching to go, now I know. Now I know you're a man of faith. Now I know that you're a woman of faith because you've, you've done it. So that's exactly what happened with Abraham. He said, I'm going to do it. God said, stop. Now I know that you're a man of faith. So let's read this. A little section again. The scripture, verse 20, 23. And the scripture was fulfilled which saith, Abraham believed God and it was imputed unto him for righteousness. Now we don't use in modern language, modern English, we don't use the word imputed very often. You probably don't hear it. So what does imputed mean? Then we'll read it again. Once we get a good handle on the word impute. The word impute means that you will consider it in your mind. You have a consideration. And you watch and consider, and then you say, okay, this is my conclusion based upon my observation. So when it says that it was imputed unto him for righteousness, that means God spoke, observed Abraham's obedience, and said, now I know. So he watched him, he thought about what am I see, what I'm seeing, and then gave the verdict. He said, this is a man of righteousness. You know what righteousness means, right? It just means right living. It means that you've done the right thing. So here's what God is saying. I know this man has done the right thing because I spoke to him, and he did it. Now I want you to see what happens here. It was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the what? The friend of God. What is a friend of God? You might say, well, I want to be a friend of God. Well, it's not just a, it's not just a title that gets put on us because God says, I love you. You see, that's where people go wrong. They'll think, oh, God loves me, so I'm his friend. Wait a minute. That's not the, that's not the meaning of this. A person that's really considered a friend of God is the person that says, I have heard you. And I will obey you. Then God says, 
That's the designation of friend. So are, are you a friend? Am I? All of us have to answer that. Let me ask a question. I need to include myself. But let's, let's just all together, right now, think about this. Have we done everything that Jesus Christ has asked us to do right now? Have we done everything? Or is there something that we've got on hold? Or is there something we've disregarded? What is that called when I disregard what God asked me to do? That's disobedience. It's not a good thing to say, well, you know, God doesn't really care about my... Yeah, He does care about my disobedience. If He's asked me something, what's He want me to do? To fulfill it. Now, in the remaining time that we have, I just want to cover this this last story. Verse 24, we'll read that. We've said about in 23, you see the friend of God thing, which we just discussed. 24, ye see then how that by works a man is justified and not by faith only. What does that mean, faith only? It just means you heard it. You were inspired, but you never followed through. The next, the next verse, it says, likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out uh, another way. So who's Rahab the harlot? We're going all the way back to uh, Jericho. We're going back to Joshua. When Joshua sent two spies into the land, and you know what Rahab said. She lived in the city, and she says, I have heard about your God. I have heard about his power, and I believe in your God. So when she encountered these two men that were the spies, she brought them in. She Think about it. She's actually doing something with what she believes. She brings them in, hides them. When the authorities come by, they say, hey, did they come in here? She goes, oh, no, they went that way. They went that way. They all, they all take off that way. She goes and says, you know what, guys? I sent them that way. I protected you. You go that way, and they won't find you. And they said, you know what? God is going to grant you salvation from the destruction that is coming to this city. Hang a cord out the window. When the walls fall down, you will not be destroyed. Your place will stand. Hey, think about it. Isn't that interesting? All the way back to where we started. If you're going to build your life on the rock, a sure foundation, and go through the storm, go through the, the trauma, and you're going to still be standing. Look, when, when they circled that city and the walls fell flat, there was a woman on the wall that still, that was portion of that wall that was still standing. You know why? Because she didn't just say, oh, I believe in you people, but I'm not going to protect you. No, she did something about it. She pulled these guys in, did the work of saving their lives. And God saved her life. Interestingly, this same woman is in the bloodline of Jesus Christ. What a powerful, powerful message of the bloodline of Jesus Christ having a woman that believed and was able to do what she said. I'm going to, in other words, she said, I'm going to do something about what I believe and not just hear it. I question for you, um, Brother Duffy. We In Beach on Tuesday night, you had talked about, and I like the way you bring this out, but a lot of times in church we, and I can't remember the words you used, it was like project or we uh, promote or what, what is the word you use when we, we uh, project uh, um, what we're going to do. Like, you know, we, right. we, in churches we talk, we're going to have revival. We're going to win the lost. 
we're going to do what was the word you used that i'm trying to remember myself <laughs> what that word was but yeah. you're right that's the concept the concept as you know we have a plan or a planning yeah we plan for the future or we project i think i may have even used yeah, that word i think so yeah so you're right we can we can spend all of our time we can spend a great amount of our time just projecting projecting right. okay this is what god wants to do this is what god is going to do yeah. and then that's about all we get done right and so, so yeah we're going to win the loss but we really never go teach a bible study right. or, or any of those types of things and i think we're we you know there again the analogy of the diet you know so many people are always planning for the diet buying all the food for the diet but they never do the diet it's always monday you know yeah, yeah right <laughs> so, right it's going to start then um, you know, I'm getting some texts here. Uh, good to have Brother Jones listening, Brother Johnson listening, the Burlings listening. Uh, uh, the Burlings texted me, Acts chapter 2 and verse 37, where Peter was preaching. You know, they heard the word, and then they said, men and brethren, what shall we do? Right. So they realized that there is a response. And then in Acts 2.38, which we somehow quote every every radio show is. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So this is what we must do. There's a response. Jesus died on the cross for our sins, his great love for us. He took our place. But they understood Peter to, to realize there's something we have to do about this. Correct. There's a response that we have to make. Uh, let me just, we're running out of time here. Uh, tell it like it is radio show. If you've tuned in late, Pastor Bob Simons, New Life Pentecostal Church, uh, 501 Elks Drive, Dickinson, North Dakota. Our next service is Wednesday night at 7.30, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. We also have a men's Bible study Friday morning at 6 a.m. Usually there's food and coffee there, and any anybody can come to that. We'd love to have you, a visitor, come to that. We have a Tuesday night in Beach at the Beach Community Center. We have a service at 7.30 p.m. on Wednesday nights in Bowman at 7.30 p.m. and also Sunday mornings in Bowman at 10.30 a.m. And So we have people from Bowman listening tonight. Good to have uh, have you. Uh, a lady texted me. She said, LOL, I've got two months of boxes of diet food that I haven't opened yet. <laughs> well, I guess you're going to have to do something about that. <laughs> And that's that's the the way it works. Uh, I, I I know there's so much more that can be said about this. Um, you know, I was thinking in the book of Revelation, Revelation in twenty and verse twelve, the Bible says that they opened these books and they judged the dead out of the books, and it didn't say they judged them uh, um, for their uh, dreams, their plans. It didn't say they judged them. Um, it said it, they judged them according to their works, and so. Honestly, that's what God is looking. He really did. You do what I said. You know, did you? I mean, in the in the great parable where you know Jesus said, "I was in prison. Uh, you never came and visited me." And he's talking about the goats and the sheep, and and he said the only difference is both of them heard, but one of them did something with what they heard. The other one didn't do anything. And so um, when Jesus, oh, I, there's just too much about. It. I'm running out of time, and I, it's not my. I'm not my, not my topic tonight. I've asked Brother Duffy just to close our broadcast in prayer, praying for our listening audience tonight. Go ahead, Brother Duffy, and do that. God, we thank you for an opportunity to speak to many many lives, many ears, God, that have heard the word tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that somebody right now would respond and do something with the word of God that's been heard. God, there, there are people that are hurting. Maybe someone's hurting right now, and maybe there's tears in their eyes. But God, you are able to give them comfort and strength 
And God, give him courage. I, I pray, God, right now that the adversary that's trying to destroy will be rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ and somebody can walk in victory and bring a testimony back to this program about the power of God in their life. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Tell It Like It Is radio show. And uh, that number I've been giving out throughout the broadcast, 701-290-7862, is a number that you can reach me during the week. If you do not live in the Dickinson area, we can get you to a church wherever you live. So uh, reach out to us next week, 806 Mountain Time. Tune in for another Tell It Like It Is radio show. Ought not Christ to suffer and enter his glory? And I heard the word, I heard the word, I heard the word, the next step was up to me. I was driving to Check Isaiah to see where it could be. A runner joined along, asked if I understood what I was reading. I said, How can I, except some man should guide me? And I Said 
you're too superstitious. Whom ye ignorantly worship, him declare I unto you. For the remission of sins I heard I had to rise To walk in newness of life Receive the Holy Ghost Speak it in other tongues Have you always wanted to have a program on the radio? If you can talk on the phone, you can have your very own program on Holy Ghost Radio 2. You can produce your program or we can help you produce it. For more information, tap on the ad panel on our app or contact us through our website, www.holyghostradio.com. The preceding program was brought to you by an independent producer. The opinions expressed on the program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff, management, or ownership of Holy Ghost Radio.